so I showed up at her door and I'm like, look out to your left. And I surprised her. I was in a, I was in a bubble and yeah, I had flowers, but I couldn't, that was a misjudgment cause I couldn't give them to her. So I just, I awkwardly held the flowers the whole time. <laughs> Welcome to Overshare, a show where I interview creatives I admire about the struggles of being a creative professional. I'm your host, Justin Genak, and I'm also the co-founder and CEO of Working Not Working. Now, this is the finale of season three. We did it. Woo! Applause. Woo! Um, we've done 10 episodes, every one every week. Uh, last season, we were doing every two weeks, and this year we committed to doing a weekly show, and we have pulled it off. Uh, we've done one in person, nine remote recordings, all 10 VOs from my closet huddled over in pillows. And uh, I'm proud of us. I feel good. I feel like we've had some really insightful, helpful conversations during this time. And I hope you've enjoyed it as well. Uh, before we get going, I got to remind you to please subscribe, rate, and review Overshare if you've listened to any episodes and enjoyed them. Uh, we really appreciate it. It helps us show up higher in the ranking so other people can discover the podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Overshare Talks, and there's sound bites from every episode and amazing collages that our designer Eugene did, uh, which are super fun and great to share. So if you share those, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, you can also follow Working Not Working on Instagram at WNotW, uh, or you can join us at WorkingNotWorking.com. Now, let's just get into this episode. This is a great way to finish the season, especially this season in uh, quarantine. Uh, this week, it's my conversation with photographer Jeremy Cohen who has gotten a lot of attention in the past month. Now, when stay-at-home orders started uh, almost two months ago now, Jeremy, who lives on his own in Brooklyn, had a lot of time to himself. He had time to, to uh, think, to uh, work, to cook naked, um, as you'll hear in the episode. But he also had a lot of time to stare outside and see what was going on in his neighborhood. And from his balcony, he could see his neighbor's roofs. Uh, and... There was a lot of things happening on the rooftops and people were coming out for fresh air and for space and they were doing yoga and working out and running around in circles, reading books, painting. Uh, There's someone flying a kite. Um, and there's also people playing instruments and, and some even dancing. And so Jeremy started photographing them and filming them, um, his neighbors across the street. And one of those dancing neighbors stood out. And so he waved to her from his balcony she waved back and he was feeling uh, a moment to uh, shoot a shot and so he did and he taped his phone number to his drone and said text me and flew his drone across the street to the young lady and an hour later she texted him back and that started this whole uh, romantic affair uh, with the quarantine cutie that has kind of taken over the internet right now uh, millions of people have watched his videos of him uh, sending that drone over, of asking her out on a date, of having dinner with her, of bringing her flowers, all while abiding by the social distancing rules. So it's been super charming. Jeremy is a total sweetheart, as you'll you'll see from the episode. And uh, it's really caught in the attention of folks and just made us feel really good right now. It's a great distraction and a great reminder of our shared humanity. 
And, you know, I just love talking to Jeremy. He has such a great perspective on all of this and is taking it all in stride, which is not easy. He went to almost a half a million Instagram followers because of this and has gotten a lot of, uh, been inundated with a lot of attention, a lot of messages, and he's trying to keep up with all of them because, you know, he's a nice dude and wants to get back to everybody, but it's just not realistic. Uh, but as an extrovert who's stuck at home, he's been learning a lot about himself and he cannot wait to hug another human for the first time, which I know a lot of us can relate to. Also, during this weird time, he hit a huge career milestone and he got his first magazine cover. Uh, and, not, you know, it was on New York Magazine. So that's that's huge. One of his photographs of his neighbors playing the cello uh, made it to New York Mag. So this is a big time for him. It's a weird time and he's got, you know, some conflicting emotions. But what he learned uh, from his mother, who is a stage four cancer survivor, is to take one day at a time and make the most of each day. And that's what Jeremy's doing throughout this. So uh, we had a really inspiring conversation and just such a positive dude and, and a real sweetheart. And I know you're really going to enjoy this conversation as well. Jeremy, welcome. Thanks for having me, Justin. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, excited to have you. Obviously, uh, it's been a, an interesting time for all of us, but it seems like it's been an especially interesting time for you these past few weeks. Definitely uh, has been bizarre and interesting and a <laughs> mix of feelings. Yeah, I can't, I, well, I'm sure we'll, we'll dive into all of that. But I wanted to start off because we start every episode this season uh, with something that we like to call five random questions from a random receptacle. Ooh. Um, and so I've got my smaller camera bag and I just have questions while well, I actually have numbers written down because I was too lazy to write the whole question. So I've got the question here, uh, but I'll pull out a number and then we'll, uh, we'll go, go from there. Is that cool? Cool. Love it. All right. Uh, let's see. What was your favorite food as a kid? Latkes. Oh, really? I loved latkes with applesauce. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm Jewish, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. But I, I love latkes with applesauce and I'm not Jewish. It's just the, the, the crispness and the saltiness and then the, oh, that's One good. of the most right. underrated combinations, latkes and applesauce. And was it from a uh, like specific person in your family making them or? Yeah, usually my mom, but any any jewish gathering we went to there's usually some latkes lying around somewhere and, and they never disappoint never disappoint no it's thin <laughs> crispy and just a unique little snack great uh what was your favorite album as a teenager Ooh, okay i'd say a couple okay it's between enema of the state by blink 182 was the f one of the first albums I bought and I really like looked through the album art and studied the songs and listened to the album through and yeah, Blink-182 is just, yeah, that was one of my first bands I've ever really listened to and enjoyed mm -hmm. thoroughly. And so that album super memorable and staple in my music life. Uh, yeah. And then I'd say the other one would be Deja and Tendu by Brand New. Um, okay. I don't any, know any, any brand new album really, but brand new is like my band in high school. It's, I loved all their music and saw them twice while I was in high school. And oh, nice. uh, yeah, it's like, you know, during, during, uh, so I don't know brand new. Can you describe brand new to me? Yeah. How would I describe them? They're, they're rock bands that kind of, it's like emo music, but rock, uh, 
they have a very distinct style and it just got me through those hard times when you're a teenager, you know, it's like, that was the band that I listened to that made me feel better about things that I would know all the words to the songs. And yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Okay. About two hours outside of New York. Is there a big emo scene in uh, Bethlehem? There is actually, there was like, it was a lot of pop punk uh, growing up, like a lot of my okay. friends really liked, uh, you know, Mayday Parade, Every Avenue, uh, All Time Low, and Brand New was kind of in that in that realm, except a little bit more uh, rock, more than pop. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now I'm going to have to listen to it after this. Uh, yeah. Well, now that we're talking about music, the next question is, what's your karaoke song? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, so I've actually not done karaoke that often, but when I do, it's probably country road take me uh-huh. home to the place that I John Denver. yeah that's yeah. probably my go-to i'd say because otherwise it would be this song uh called crv by kuko but no no karaoke place ever has that song but i love singing that's not it's not a sing-along it's not it's not really yeah. bringing down the house yeah yeah so not like not like good old johnny den <laughs> johnny den johnny den uh okay uh Oh, oh, okay. What is, uh, what's the most romantic thing you've ever done? <laughs> I'd say most recently when I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I've done a couple of romantic gestures recently, <laughs> but I'd say flying my drone across the street with my number. Yeah. That, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just like, feel like everyone's just trying to figure out what to do with their drones and you're like, well, I'm just going to go and ask a girl out. Yeah. I mean, I, I love, uh, I love when people, I mean, it was me in this case, but in general, when things are used, how they're not meant to be used mm-hmm. in a respectful way. Yeah. But uh, it's like, it's that thing that surprises people. Yeah. Just like flipping the script a little bit, turning that knob and making, using something that's supposed to be used for something totally different. And then, yeah, that's kind of what I did there with the drone. Yeah, that's great. Well, I saw that you had a post too, which we'll link to in the show notes with uh, the light switch. That was pretty great too. Oh yeah, thanks. Yeah, nicely done. You you switched on New York City and then switched it off. So good. Uh, and the last one is, what is the worst fashion trend you've participated in? <laughs> I have a bunch actually. I actually have on my wall here, I have a wall of a bunch of Polaroids and just memories in general. And I could actually bring, I, let, me, let me grab my photo really quick. <laughs> so this was... I don't know why this is on my wall, but it is. It's a photo of me junior year of high school where I had a combination of an Abercrombie and Fit shirt, a Rasta necklace, and a faux hawk. Yeah, you were a little confused, huh? Yeah, I was definitely confused. <laughs> I, uh, you were like, hey, what trend should I what, – what table should I sit at? I'm like, I want to be able to sit at all the tables. See, but that's the thing. I love, great. I, I love so many people. I never had one click because I was kind of – I loved being friends with everyone. So I wasn't part of one specific group. I kind of dipped my toes into each group and yeah. And you just had to have that one thing. So they knew, Oh yeah, he's, he's one of us. <laughs> that's, he's got that Rasta necklace. Exactly. He, he, he could come kick the sack with us anytime. Yep. <laughs> and I, I did uh, love hacky sack. I played hacky sack in high school. I mean, no, not, yeah. not, per, not on a team or anything, just like in circles. Wait, wait, first of all, uh, by that picture, I could tell you played hacky sack for sure. Nice. And wait, there was a team for hacky sacking? 
No, I mean, yeah, I was just saying hypothetically, if there was, I wasn't on it. I don't know if other schools have an actual team, but mine did. No, we're going to we're gonna have to research that. Someone's got to write in and let us know if they're on a hacky sack team. Hey, but I don't know if you know SVA, they're one sport. Do you know what it is? We, we both went to SVA. Yeah. Well, what the hell was our sport? We have one know. sport team on SVA, oh, at least no, when I was it? Quidditch. No, well, I guess I'm too old for Quidditch. Uh, I went there in 2002. Or I graduated right. in 2002, so it was a little pre-Quidditch. But there's a there's a Quidditch team. I I don't know if there is now because I graduated four years ago now. But uh, yeah. yeah, there that was the one sports team. If you if you consider it a sport, it was a Quidditch team, and they actually had matches. Oh wow! Yeah, that's cool. I don't know how you do that, but that's yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it before. Not SVA, but uh, yeah. Prospect Park. I've seen a couple of matches just happen. It's it's pretty entertaining. Nice. People take it seriously. Uh, <laughs> Taking quite seriously. Uh, well, uh, I'm excited to have you on. You've kind of like taken over Instagram in the past few weeks. What the hell are you doing, man? What happened? Yeah, I, it just it, it's been happening. I don't know. I didn't I didn't expect it to happen, but I I'm just I always I'm just working on projects, creating, just being myself, and. I guess this project, these last couple of projects, I had two th- two different things kind of go a little viral. And um, yeah, I guess it, they both just resonated with a bunch of people. So it feels good to have more eyeballs on my work because as a freelance artist, it's it brings more opportunities that way. So it's really exciting for me. For sure. So you're, you're a photographer. And prior to, let's just go back a little bit, prior to the last few weeks, you were shooting various series, personal projects. Uh, were you doing a, a lot of uh, client work as well, or was it mostly self-initiated projects? Yeah, a mix of everything. So I, I do a lot of client work, and then I'm always just working on different projects for myself. I love photography, and it also happens to be my profession. So I make it a point to like, you know, get my client work done, which a lot of it I, I really enjoy. Most of it I enjoy. But also what's most important to me is that I work on the personal projects because that's what that's what fills my tank with like knowing that knowing that I'm still creating stuff for myself, which is really important and keeps, keeps my passion for the craft. Well, I think going through your, your work, you have uh, one of the things I like, especially with photography is when there's a strong concept and I feel like all of your stuff has like a little bit of a twist, a little bit of a turn, like uh, last minute lovers that was called last minute lovers. What, what was the idea behind that? Yeah, so a lot of my projects, I'm not much of a planner. Every once in a while, I could plan stuff, but normally I, I'm I'm just spontaneous kind of person in a lot of ways. And so a lot of my projects, I just think of in that moment and then just shoot it. So that was a moment. It was two years ago, and I was in San Francisco. I had a shoot that day in the morning, though. It, it wrapped around like 2 p.m. or something, and I was flying home the next day. But I had the whole the whole evening off, and um, I hit up a couple friends, but they were at work that day. So they didn't get out until, you know, six or something. We're going to have, I had like dinner plans. So I had this window of time between like two thirty and 6 PM. And so I was just like, okay, I'll just walk around San Francisco and explore a little bit. And then I, it, it was Valentine's day that day. And then I noticed there is these flower stands outside one specifically that I stopped at and there was this long line of just <laughs> all these dudes, mostly dudes, um, who seemed like they just got out of work. It was like, in, it was in the financial district. So everyone was like dressed pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and there was a line for these flowers and I thought it was fascinating. So I stopped and I saw these guys one by one get flowers and I noticed the common denominator was these guys in suits that just got out of work. <laughs> and But they all had this variable of the flowers that they chose slash just their personalities, their face, how much stress they're in, if they're in a rush or if they were just yeah, in yeah. love. Just a combination of all these things. And I, I, I ended up just camping out on that corner for maybe like two and a half hours or something. And just one by one, once a, once a guy bought a flower, bought a set of flowers, a bouquet, uh, I would pull him over and be like, Hey, can I take your portrait? And I photographed probably about 40 dudes. And yeah, yeah it was, it was just really exciting. And then I put, I put them together and I just called it last minute lovers. Cause uh, <laughs> a lot of them were buying flowers last minute for their, oh, of course. Yeah. For their, whoever, whoever their partner was. And I love the mystery also of not knowing who their partner was. It's because you didn't ask them about it or anything. No, I didn't ask them. I, it's just, I, I like the idea of just looking into their, just by the photo you could see into their eyes and just, just imagine the mystery of who their partner is and how much they're in love. And out of that series, only uh, one, one of their girlfriends reached out to me on Instagram. They're like, and, th- and they said how much they loved the photo of their boyfriend. And uh, how much- so it didn't get them in trouble for like, uh, not having any foresight at all? No. Nah. How many, how many of those guys do you feel like were like, oh, shit, it's Valentine's Day. I got to get something. Or they're like, that was the plan all along. I'll, I'll get some flowers after work at that stand. I'd probably say half and half. I mean, if it was me, it would be the oh, shit part. <laughs> yeah, some of the reactions seemed a bit oh, shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> guys were like confidently holding on to the plan all along. Yeah. Uh, and then what, what, so you graduated from school in what, 14? 2014. Yeah. And so... Did you immediately start working in photography or did it, you know, did it evolve? Yeah, so I was really fortunate with timing. I mean, I, so what happened with me is I kind of slacked off my first two years of college. I was in party mode slash just meeting friends and the social life was most important to me the two years, the first two years. And then it wasn't until junior year, like starting to get into junior year, I was like, all right, I need to take this more seriously. I'm going to graduate in less than two years, be in the real life in New York, I got to make the most of it. I realized like SBA is an amazing school, particularly if you utilize everything they have to offer because they have so many connections, so many different people within the industry slash if you take the right classes that are best for you and you, that's the way to do it. Or you could just slack off and still graduate and just not have a plan after you you graduate. So I wanted to do the former and so my plan was to do a couple internships, one of which I interned at SNL, which was oh, a lot cool. of, it was, uh, yeah, I saw a lot there. It was, it was, uh, it was good and bad, but mo- uh-huh. you know, mostly, mostly a good experience. I got to see how that all worked in the showbiz, but more importantly is senior year when I spent one day with my friend Joel and we both wanted to, we realized uh, a way we could both learn and grow is to assist other photographers and make money. Yeah, for, for so sure. I, I looked up, did some research, found like a hundred New York city photographers. I mean, New York is the Mecca of the photography industry. I think in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and so I reached out to a hundred photographers, emailed them separately, cold, essentially cold calls, except emails. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and I just said something I liked about their work. I, I introduced myself a little bit. I, I have this experience with lighting and photography with this camera equipment blah, blah, blah. And I said, Hey, I'm like in my senior year of school, I'm looking to assist. Uh, 
if you ever need someone, let me know. And so out of the 100 people, about three people, a couple of people, uh, probably about like eight photographers got back to me and it ended up working for about three of them. Oh, that's cool. So, and then through these three photographers, I learned so much, just the hands-on experience, but course, yeah. seeing how each photographer operated in different situations. And I took a little bit from each photographer and naturally just put it into, into what I do now. And, but most importantly, I, I was always so nervous to do a shoot. I never felt worthy or like that. I could, mm. I don't know. It's just scary to do, to get paid for photography. It, it was scary for the longest time. And then once I saw these different photographers shoot, I, it, it built me the confidence to be able to do so. I just realized, Oh, I can do this. So. Well, what do you think was the thing that made it most scary initially? Was it the, the pressure or feeling out of your league or, you know, both. Yeah. It's <laughs> a high pressure situation. I mean, you, when you're, when you're on a shoot, you're in control. You're the one with the camera making, making it happen. And if you, if it doesn't happen, then it's all on you. You know, it's not like, it's not like film where it's more of a team effort, mm -hmm. uh, where not all the blame will go on you. Photography, if you're the only photographer. I don't know. This is just what I thought at the time. And just, yeah, I just always thought I doubted myself. You know, I thought something yeah. would go wrong and now, yeah, with anything, once you do it a bunch of times, you just build up the confidence and it's, it's, it makes it easier. So, uh, sure. yeah, this was a really good way to kind of, it, it like paved the way for me to be able to do it myself. Instead of just going into it blindly, I just saw how, it, how these photo shoots went down through the photographer I worked for. So once I did my first shoot, I was ready to go. Yeah, that's great. And then kind of, kind of like a, uh, kind of like a backup quarterback on a football team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you follow, follow football, but for example, Jordan Love got, just got drafted to the Packers under Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, just being able to, just being able to learn behind a legend like that, uh, it's going to make it so much easier for once he starts playing that he'll ha have that much more confidence and be ready to go. So I think it's the same with photography. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the th the key. Like when you get on a set, you have to have that confidence. It's uh, and you have to portray that confidence because if not, then your subjects, whether they're uh, a celebrity or a kid are going to eat you alive. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially with portrait photography, it's all about the chemistry and that chemistry you build with the subject. If you're comfortable, they'll be more comfortable. And if you open up, they'll open up a little bit more. So it's like, I, I love being a portrait photographer because I genuinely love people and and interested in what anyone has to say. And I learned, you know, with relationships in general, but also with photography, it's a lot about listening and just being present and really caring what they have to say. And that's what I like to think I do with everyone, but especially when I'm photographing someone, I want to make sure they're heard. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of, in all of your work, a lot of comfort and a lot of joy. Absolutely. Uh, even if they're more serious, like you have, what was it? Storm faces. Yeah. Like even that is just, well, one, it's just funny as shit. It's like people getting pelted with rain and their reactions. It's just like, uh, but all of it is just like everything like that I've seen of your work just like it makes you smile. It's like, and that's, uh, you know, that's not an easy thing to accomplish. And I feel like that, that having that connection with the, the subject is probably crucial to that. Thanks. Yeah. So most, most of my work, I do have a connection to the subject in that sense, but yeah, that project, you know, I, I just, that was street photography. I just, I just noticed that and I just thought it was funny. So that's why I, yeah. I photographed it. 
And when you go up to people on the street, do you generally ask them permission before you shoot them or? Yeah, pretty much all the time. I usually, my normal, my normally how I shoot is I'm talking with the subject first before I photograph them. But you know, this project storm faces was more of a street photography project as well as my current project, uh, rooftop culture under quarantine is the working title. I'm not sure what I want to title it yet. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's actually been, it's, it's been an interesting project cause this is, yeah, it's, it's what I'm currently working on. As, as you yeah. can tell before we started this, uh, yeah, I love you like, Hey, can we just wait five minutes? Uh, some guys are putting together skateboards on a roof. This yep. could go terribly wrong or great. Let me get some shots. Yep. So you I'm, got looking, some shots. I'm looking out my window right now. These guys are skating on their roof. They're grinding on this bench. Do you need to get a couple 50. more shots? Do we need to? Nah, 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 nah. I already got a couple shots. <laughs> okay, good. No. So you, how long have you been in your current apartment? Current apartment, it's been, it's going to be three years in September and it's okay, my so favorite apartment yet. So you're in Bushwick, Brooklyn. You're on what floor? Uh, I don't want to say. Okay. So you're higher <laughs> up. You're yeah, higher, up. higher than roofs. Yeah. Uh, and you've been there for a few years. You probably have always enjoyed looking at your neighbors on the roofs. Now, is that a common thing you were noticing before? Do people spend a lot of time on their roofs in your neighborhood or does it just seem like more so since people have been quarantined? definitely more so since people are quarantined you know i i uh I, I look out my window a lot and usually only on like really nice days a couple of people will go on their roof maybe and like have a beer and just chill it's never um, been that interesting though yeah not really since no. quarantine though uh especially on the nicer days almost everyone's going to their roof and it's incredible and not only are they going to their roof to just like drink a beer i mean some people do but so many people are going to their roof to do all these different activities that they would normally do that they can't do and such as like playing guitar or like doing yoga working out running around in circles <laughs> uh people are getting their exercise and just doing everything they would normally do in a safe and responsible way with social distancing and it's so important to get that vitamin d and <laughs> i just thought i immediately just thought this was incredible because i don't know new yorkers are just resilient they just make we're just all making the best of this situation and not letting anything stop us. And this photo series is me celebrating that. Yeah. It's, and even you've been shooting uh, photos, but then also video as well or film as well. And just like a guy playing tennis on the roof uh, with himself, like against a wall, like now everything seems generally safe. Have you seen anything that's like sketchy or you just couldn't believe someone was doing it on the roof? I mean, the sketchiest thing right now is I see these guys skating, but there's like guards, so it's it's probably fine. But uh, yeah, everything everything's pretty safe. Uh, most of the roofs have like fences. Uh, I'm like looking out right now just to yeah, look yeah, at yeah. all the roofs. But uh, yeah, most of the roofs have fences. But if not, uh, yeah, a lot of so a lot of these roofs you're not supposed to go up to technically. Right. But you know, they all have fire escapes. Anyone can get to their roof if they want to. And I think it's totally okay to now because we're in, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures and it's important to get some sunshine. Yeah. So and we haven't had many nice days in New York in the past, you know, Oh yeah. It's been, it's been bad. Less than a handful of 60 degrees plus with sun and everything else has been rainy or cold. So uh, I'm sure you're going to have a lot more entertainment in the next few weeks. Um, as yeah. it starts to get warmer, but uh, at what point did you think, all right, these are my neighbors. I'm shooting them. Let me interact with them. Did you start, like, did people wave to you or like, how, how did you first start connecting with your neighbors? Yes. So 
going along with this, it's actually a really interesting conversation because I've just, I've, I've never thought about this before starting the series, but I've recently have had some issues with, uh, with people not being happy that I'm shooting the series, considering it like, mm. you know, an invasion of privacy, mm. which, which, yeah, it's an interesting conversation because uh, my intent is only to, I'm just shooting on the roofs and I'm just showing the positive side, celebrating people being active, et cetera, um, which is also technically public on the roof. Um, I'm not shooting into windows or anything, even though shooting into windows is still legal. Is it really? It's legal. Uh, Ethically, you know, ethically it's not okay. And I wouldn't (laughs) do that. Um, and I'm not trying to do anything to make anyone uncomfortable. So I actually have photographed one person who reached out to me on Instagram and said, uh, she wasn't, wasn't comfortable photographed. So like, I'm not photographing that roof at all anymore. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to navigate this situation or if I want to continue the series, I think, I think I do because like 99% of people love it and it brings joy and also it brings me joy and, um, so yeah, I, uh, I'm figuring out where to do, where to go with it. I've had some people I've had consent to photograph them through Instagram DM slash in earshot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some I don't, it's, it's also a blurry line of consent. If, uh, you know, wave high smile yeah. from afar, you like you try okay. to gesture. Yeah. 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 So, but also I don't technically need consent. This is street yeah. photography. So I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of in my thoughts right now where I want to go with this project because I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable, yeah. and I I don't really. There's just like one person here or there maybe that you know might might feel a little uncomfortable. So I'm trying to, and it's it's weird because I'm all alone in my apartment, so I don't really have anyone to like talk to and shit. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's where I'm currently at with this project. Uh, well, how wanna, many days in did you start? Uh, did you post the first rooftop shot? Like how many days were you home, stuck at home? And like, how did this all start to snowball? Yeah, it was pretty much right away. I started doing the photos and then the video. And as I was, as I started the series, that's when I met Tori across the street with the drone. So that all kind of tangled. Wait, so so let's, let's back up. So you see Tori, what's Tori doing on her roof? So Tori, I'm like, <laughs> look, yeah, I'm looking out the window right here. Tori's right across the street from me. She's dancing. I assumed it was to a TikTok song, but I was corrected later. It was to a high school musical. Uh, oh, okay. It was a high school musical dance. And yeah, I'm just attracted to this type of energy. Someone who's able to dance in public like no one's watching, as well as someone who's able to dance during this pandemic. Because something I really believe is these are, I mean, these are sad times. These are bizarre, strange, sad times. And it's totally okay to feel sad and not know what's going to happen. I mean, whatever you're feeling is valid. And that's why I think it's also okay to feel happy and have these moments of distraction and find a reason to smile and dance and laugh. And that's what I saw in her. And because I've I've just seen so much sadness around. And then I saw her and I don't know, I wanted to talk to her. And (laughs) I went out on my balcony right here and I waved to her and she waved back and we kind of exchanged smiles. And it was just like, nice little connection yeah yeah it was like that energy and i wanted to i was inspired to get in touch with her because i'm an outgoing guy and i haven't been in human contact in a little bit Uh, and i was just like you know what i'm gonna 
tape my number on it. I'm going to write my number on a piece of paper, tape it on my drone, fly it across the street. <laughs> and this idea actually was pitched to me by my friend, Sam Morrison. Uh, we were talking about stuff that we could do like during quarantine, creative stuff like a week before. And he mentioned, yeah, you could fly, you should fly your drone to someone and like connect with them somehow, maybe bring them a toilet paper roll or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, and it was just like in the back of my mind. And it wasn't until I met Tori, well, I saw Tori that I'm just like, wait, I can do this. So wait, how long before you guys waving to each other till you sent the drone over? Wave to each other, probably, I want to say like 20 to 30 minutes. Oh, so it was that, that same day. Yeah, yeah. So I, I saw her, I saw her and then I was still like at my desk here and then she was still chilling on the roof and then she like sat on another part of the roof, kind of like facing me more so. So then I went out in my balcony and that's when I waved to her. Yeah. And then uh, did she text you immediately? How did that, how did that go down? She didn't text me immediately. She, her phone actually died. So it, well, she didn't text me until she went back to her apartment like an hour later. Yeah. So you're like, oh, that really didn't work at all. <laughs> I, I thought I thought she was going to text me. I, I was a little nervous she wouldn't, but I, I felt like, you know, with that gesture, you got to at least shoot me a text. Come on. And so did you did you shoot that and then immediately put it up on Instagram or how did that, or did you do, how did this evolve? Yeah. So I just like shot myself doing that drone, et cetera. I wasn't sure if I was going to do anything with it. I was just like, okay, this is, if this works out, this will be a cool story to tell. And so I had the footage and everything. And then I flew with her in the drone and everything like worked how, how it was supposed to, I guess. And romantic heart imagined. Yeah, exactly. It (laughs) came true. And then I had all this footage I put together. I'm like, Hey, by the way, like I shot a video. Is it, is it cool if I, uh, I told her, I showed her the video and she loved it. And then, yeah, so I posted it on TikTok first, actually. Okay. And it just it just started to blow up on TikTok. And then from there, even though I would never post anything like this on my Instagram, but it was, I was like, you know what? Maybe I just should post it on my Instagram. And then I posted on Instagram and that blew up too. And then I was like, okay, I'll post it on Twitter, I guess. And it blew up on Twitter too. So from three angles, mm. people were really resonating with the story. It's all different audiences too, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, it's all different audiences. And still, like, I usually, so I'm on all these platforms, but I usually like to post things with a slightly different, if I'm telling the same story, I want to post things on each platform with a slightly different twist. So everyone, you know, I have people that follow me on every platform and I don't want them to have to see the same thing over and over again. Right. But for this, I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to post it all three. I hope I don't annoy my, annoy those people too much. And, uh, and yeah, it was, it's, it's been exciting. And then, and then you kept throughout this, you were still posting rooftop photos and videos, which is great. And then, uh, things seemed to be going well with Tori. And so a couple of days later, what did you, what did you end up doing next? Yeah. So a couple of days later, I asked her out on a date and <laughs> in quarantine, in quarantine and while still being so responsible of social distancing. Mm-hmm. So my idea for that was to have dinner on the, on our roofs respectively. So I, I mean, I had dinner on my balcony right here and she had dinner on her roof over there, but I coordinated with her roommate who she's like really good friends with. They've been friends since they were little. I, you know, I got to know Tori and I I knew that she was close to their roommate. So I asked Tori for her roommate's numbers to help her. So I, so I could help surprise her. So did you make the dinner or did you order it? No, I, I just, I went down to the, uh, the local grocery store deli and I just like, texted Katie what what I wanted her to get her. <laughs> That's cool. What'd you guys end up having? 
what was it? It was like, I'm not, I, to be honest, I can't remember, but I want to say just like some greens and some chicken kind of like nothing too fancy. It was like kind of basic, but yeah. Yeah. So you had your phone set up and you were eating and then she had her phone set up and you guys were like video chatting while you're eating. Yeah. So while we could still see each other from across the street, we couldn't really hear each other unless we yelled. So yeah, we FaceTimed while we had dinner and it was really nice. We FaceTimed for about an hour until her phone died again. <laughs> She's got to figure out this charging thing. Yeah. She, I mean, some, Hey, there's two, <laughs> there's two types of people in life. You know, these people that are always prepared, have their phone charged or a charger on them and the people that their phone just die all the time. It's all right. It's, it's, it's an endearing trait. It is what it is. Yeah. And then you've done a couple more videos since. So you, you, so you've, you've had dinner with her. And then what was it? Her, was next her birthday? No. So next was the bubble. Oh yeah. So you wanted to bring her flowers, but you got a giant inflatable bubble and then you were stuck in it and couldn't give her flowers. Yeah. So I actually ordered this bubble before I got there. I just had this bubble ready to go. <laughs> um, and I realized it was, I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it. I, I mean, I bought it off of eBay for, because of the quarantine, I thought it would be cool to do something with like an art project, uh, walk around the city or something. And then once I got in the mail, I realized it would be perfect for a date. So I showed up at her door and I'm like, look out to your left. And I surprised her. I was in a, I was in a bubble and yeah, I had flowers, but I couldn't, that was a misjudgment cause I couldn't give them to her. So I just, I awkwardly held the flowers the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Which made it so much better. Yeah. So good. Uh, did she ever end up getting the flowers? No, she didn't. I know, I I kept them in my apartment for a couple of days, and then I was like, "All right, what do I do with these? This is weird." Yeah. I didn't have a vase or anything either, so I ended up just yeah, just kind of just dead flowers. Yeah, yeah. yeah we learned. Yeah, uh, and then and then after that it was her birthday. So after that, actually, <laughs> to answer your question before, I have yeah, yeah. some friends through this series. So through this series, I've like posted some photos and people in the neighborhood have found the photos of themselves, whether they followed me or whether right. uh, someone sent it to them, but they reached out. They're like, Hey, that's me in that photo. I'm like, Oh, like, let me know if you want the file to print it, blah, blah, blah. Or, or, or we just start chatting and like a couple mm-hmm. of the people I've become, I become tight with like yeah. this girl Gillian across the street, as well as uh Jean who lives, who I photographed and it became the cover of, of New York mag, which yeah, was, insane. which was crazy. So because of that, we, we've become friends, even though we've never been, you know, he's only, I, we've never been within just besides our apartments. It's, it's yeah. been like a football field between each other. So, uh, yeah. And because of this, so because of Gene, I met Gene and he was, he's a musician. He was playing the double bass on the, on the roof for the New York mm-hmm. mag. And he pitched me this idea because he lives with his bandmates. And he's like, hey, we're going to start the social distance band. Do you want to photograph it? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, he told me he was going up to the roof at like 5 p.m. or something. And him and his band all stood six feet plus apart from each other. And they played a little show on the roof. And people yeah. out their windows were watching. And it was amazing. And I, I shot it from my apartment with my long lens. And then all of a sudden Tori and her roommate came up to the roof. I didn't even tell her or let her know. They, mm-hmm. they just happened to come to the roof 
at that time once they were yeah so i i hit up gene because i had his number and i'm like yo gene i don't know if you know about this story but like and he's like yeah yeah, yeah i know about her yeah. and i'm like yo do you mind serenading her just like you and your band like say your name a bunch of stuff, sing her name or something and he's like yeah i got you and then he hangs up <laughs> and they start serenading her and it was incredible and i, I recorded it <laughs> could you even could you hear it from your roof barely barely um they had speakers so like you could kind of hear i mean it was like when a bus comes by because i live on a street where buses big buses drive by so when a bus drives by i can't hear but then once the loud cars go away i could like hear better so yeah and have any of your other neighbors uh hit you up and said hey uh i'm gonna be doing this or that and you know if you want to shoot it yeah so this one this other guy that was like uh shadow boxing on his roof he found a photo i took of him and uh yeah he's planning on going on his roof soon we might do a little shoot on the roof uh yeah so it's like a mix of candids which i mostly want and then it's a mix of some planned shoots and then yeah it's kind of it's it's interesting to see where this project is going because i'm not really sure where it's going i'm just keeping keeping open-minded about it open-ended where it'll go um i've already met some friends with it and also made a couple of enemies unfortunately that i've tried to that i have uh you know i've been very open communication and and uh i don't want to my intention is never to make anyone uncomfortable so yeah, if i do photograph someone yeah. if i if i do photograph someone that's doesn't want to be photographed i won't do it but yeah. I, it's like balancing that with uh getting the candid moment so well i guess it's also there are street photographers out all the time there's probably pictures of me places I have no idea. And now it's kind of nice that like anyone who's in your neighborhood, you probably has seen this like, Oh, I think that's in my neighborhood. Yeah. And now it's like, all right, cool. And they know how to get in touch with you. Right, right. They know how to hit well, you up. You'll probably take a photo down. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing about this series also is like street photography. A lot of times it's like close up and you could really see the person's face. Almost everything I'm shooting, you can't see it. Like the person's either turned around or they're just from so far away. You can't even tell. And like the ad, yeah. You know, it's on the roof, so no one can tell where these people even live or what they look like. Yeah. In my opinion. But if you're that person, you know it's you because you know your roof yeah, and for sure. you know what your outfit is. So yeah, like you're wearing those people, neon spandex. Yeah. yeah, but the people that are photographed, uh, so they know, but I don't think any other person really can tell. So yeah, it's a, it's an it's it's interesting to see where this is go where this goes and I'm not sure. <laughs> what's the uh, what's what was the last thing you posted with Tori? Last thing I posted with Tori was her her birthday. Yeah, so it was her birthday. So I needed to do something special, and yeah, I I wanted to do a nice little birthday surprise. So I did just that. And you you choreographed, or you learned the what is that Drake dance even called? It's called the Tuesday slide. The Tuesday slide. You learned that, and you did it like say anything. Uh, Nope. So I combined. I I had different uh, inspirations, and I kind of just put them all together to make one. So, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to do a really romantic gesture. So I, I showed up, raised, raised the uh, boombox, kind of like say anything, and uh-huh. then I combined the the modern day Drake Tuesday slide dance with it, and just embarrassed myself out of it. But it made her laugh. And then I put the cherry on top by I, I found out like who one of her favorite musicians is, and I happen to have a friend who's friends with this musician. So I, I begged my friend, I'm like, hey, can you get your friend to like just do a little quick birthday video for Tori? And That's she's awesome. like, yeah, I got you. 
and I got the video. So right after I did the dance, I texted the video to Tori so I could see her reaction. And I saw her reaction right at the window and yeah, it was so good. Yeah. And have you gotten any uh, shit from people who've seen your videos and uh, especially us, us guys who aren't maybe as nearly romantic uh, and you're making us look really bad, dude. Yeah, I have gotten that a couple of times, which I <laughs> do feel bad about. It's, you know, Hey, all, all I can say is I'm sorry, but step your game up. Come on. It's, let's get creative. I want to, rather than making you look bad, let me inspire you to be more of a gentleman and to, to show some love to your, to your loved ones. Yeah, that's great. That's so good. And so when you started this, you've got like a ridiculous amount of followers on Instagram now. Uh, when you started this, what were you, how many followers did you have? So right when I started this, I had, I already had like a decent amount. I had 138,000 followers. Oh, wow. So I, I've, I guess I mean, I've been following you for a while. So like, yeah, I've, your, your street stuff has definitely stood out. So, yeah, I mean, I've built up my, I've put so much work into Instagram, like putting my whole, my main portfolio on there. That's like my main app since like 2013. Right. So, um, you know, I met so many friends through the app and yeah, I built up, I've been on the suggested user list which is like, it's not a thing anymore, but it used to be. So that's how I got like a big boost in following. Um, but yeah, I've been at standstill at like floating around 138,000 for maybe three, four years. I'm not, I'm not sure. It's been, it's been a while. So I wasn't really done with 3000. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would, there. exactly. I would like, I would grow a little bit and then I'd lose a little bit of followers for whatever reason, or I would always be losing followers, but then like something would happen and I would grow a little bit more and then I'd, you yeah. know, Anyways, all of a sudden this happened and yeah, my followers just boosted on everything, which is really exciting. I'm sure Tori's have too. Yeah. She, I mean, yeah, she got so many followers from it as well. <laughs> uh, and have you, uh, is she all right with the attention? Is she, is she just yeah, so I've, right now too? Yeah. When I didn't, I didn't expect this and she didn't either. But So that's why I, through this whole thing, I've checked in with her, just made sure she's cool with like, having her life on the internet and mm. like, cause I kind of just put her, she would, she didn't expect this neither did I. So, um, yeah, I've checked in with her and she's, she's all about it. She likes, I mean, same as me. We love that. This is like a positive story, giving some people hope and joy and, yeah. and it's fun. And we, you know, we like each other. So it's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So good. It just, you know, I think everyone's just looking for a reason to, to smile right now. And the fact that you keep doing it, and I like how you, you could have just been the first video, but the fact that you kept evolving it, I think has really drawn people in and, and given us a much needed uh, boost of inspiration and, and just some, some, some good feelings. Yeah. That makes, that makes it all worth it for me. Just knowing that could bring a smile here or there. So, yeah, well, we're going to take a quick break, but then we'll be back with uh, Jeremy. Okay. This is where we would put a commercial, but we don't have any commercials this season. So uh, just take a minute to breathe. Okay, cool. Back to the show. And we are back now. Jeremy, this next section is called This Might Get Uncomfortable. Oh. Are you all right? You're ready to handle it? I like getting uncomfortable. Uh, okay, good. Uh, so my first question for you is, now that you have way more followers on Instagram, do you feel an added pressure to do things for an audience as opposed to just what you want to do? 
yes, I want to say no, but if I'm being honest, yes, it's, it's a little scarier. Like I'm, I'm, I was going to, yeah, I'm scared to post my next thing. I feel like it has to be better than the last thing always. And that's not realistic and that's okay. Yeah. So are you, are you kind of talking yourself through that as you're deciding what to post and all that? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm not stressing about it too much, but I am definitely a little bit uh, more nervous about posting now with more people looking at my stuff. And and have you went and seen like, Oh, this type of content gets more reactions than this. So I should be doing more of this stuff or are you try, do you try to ignore that too? Uh, yes and no. Like, I'm going to stay true to what I want to post normally, but I might, you know, post something specifically because of that reason, but still not like something totally different than I would normally post. Yeah. And if if that's got to be hard as a, you know, you're pretty young guy and still in the very early stages of your career to then have to filter your taste and your interest through that lens has got to be stressful. Like I, I am stressed trying to like i haven't posted anything to instagram besides just promoting this podcast really like i only do like once or twice a year because i overthink it now and i just use stories um and so i can't even imagine if people were actually looking at my instagram yeah what you know and obviously i'm not a photographer so i think that probably is a you know different different beast but um yeah it's got to get tough yeah we'll see where it goes right now i'm feeling okay about it but i don't know i i think i've been worried about in the past like i'll make one post even before all this and I'll be like, okay, I don't know when the next thing I'm going to post is. And then I'll just get inspired by, you know, I'll see something and then make a whole series out of it. And all of a sudden I'll have too much to post. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's just the future is so unpredictable. So I'm just, I just like to take it day by day and see what happens. Yeah. And it's, it's nice to not really give a shit if you can. And it's just like, yeah, whatever, wherever your curiosity goes, it's, it's, it's worked for you so far yeah. <laughs> uh, up to this point. So it's like, it would be a shame if that changed it, you know? Yeah. Uh, what's one thing you've never shared in an interview before? Let's see. One thing I never shared in an interview before. Huh. Says that Mohawk picture. <laughs> yeah, I've never shared that interview before. Um, anything? It's so it's such a tough question. I'm trying to think of something interesting that I haven't shared before photography related or life related or anything any weird hobbies i guess i i really love the chinese yo-yo even though i've never or diablo some people call it chinese yo-yo diablo which one's that uh so it's like this thing you have two sticks with a string attached to it oh yeah yeah and you go like this yeah um i love that thing i used to (laughs) do it at jewish sleepaway camp growing up I haven't done it in a while, but it's something I was pretty good at and I can just pick up again, I think. Do you have I, one in the apartment? That I don't, but I kind of want to get one. Now's a good yeah. time to start practicing again. Exactly. Get to that pro level. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like you have something to prove? Uh, I feel like I did in the past and right now to like my parents and my family. I don't... Uh, and my friends too. I just felt like going to art school was something that not a lot of people really believed I could find success in. And when I say success, I mean like make it a profession, but also, you know, do it, do it as a career, but also just be able to pursue it in general. Uh, 
So I feel like that was a big part of something I had to prove to my friends and family, which felt good, like knowing that they they know I could do this now, or I have done it to this point. You just bought a hundred copies of the New Yorker co- New York cover, and then just sent it to all of them. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it. It also it all it also wasn't like that. Like all my friends and family were supportive, but it's still like that. What you know, I still like knew it was like they didn't believe that it would happen. So I, I still wanted to prove them. They were all like. Yeah. Uh, and then I think, I think right now, I think I just have to be able to do it to myself. Like I'm my best critic. So, uh, cause it's easy to just be comfortable and slow down. Like I, I could do that if I wanted to, and then I wouldn't grow as an artist or as a person, but I got to keep pushing myself. And so it's really easy to do that when I have a bunch of friends and around me like doing really cool stuff. So it's like a friendly competition that we all push each other to grow as people and artists. Yeah, that's great. Do you feel like your ambition ever gets in the way of your happiness? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, my work is my priority. And because of that, it, uh, and I, I, I love doing it, but also I sacrifice a lot to do it. So mm. yeah, certain life moments that I could be chilling enjoying life, reading a book on the, just relax, relaxing on somewhere here or there. Um, I just, I choose to do the hustle and put that time and energy into working, which it's working, but it's also, I love it, but I'm also not necessarily re- relaxing all the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it gets in the way a little bit, but I'm still like overall a happy person. Yeah. Do you feel like the being in the quarantine and, and, just the kind of global reset that's happening has changed your perspective on that hustle and the things that we sacrifice for the work that we do. Yeah, it has. Um, it's made me slow down a little bit at the beginning at least. And then with this whole project and going viral, it's, it's it's different, but right before that, uh, you know, I'm always on the go. I, I'm a freelance photographer. So a lot of my work is travel too. So I'll be like, going here for a shoot, coming back for a day, then going here, like, or all around, bopping around the city. It's like, and between work and also I'm very outgoing and social, there's always stuff happening, whether it's like a gallery opening or a friend's party or this or that. And I love it all, but it's, it's a very on the go lifestyle. And I, because of this, I never really got to slow down and just like be in my thoughts a little bit more and work on some projects from my computer, which without having to like go somewhere and not having to go somewhere an hour later or something and just appreciate the small things, just like waking up early and slowing down with a cup of tea and just looking out my window. And so, yeah, this made me realize, I know one of my goals in the future right now is to, is to work less and still get compensated the same. So, you know, up my rate, and work less and still be able to live the lifestyle I live. Well, it seems like you're making the right moves to enable that to happen, you know, very shortly. (laughs) Um, I think that's, you know, this whole thing of stopping and just appreciating what's around us, I I think is really important. And what you're seeing is like, you know, you're talking about your roof and the roofs of your rooftops of your neighbors and you didn't really notice much before. And obviously they weren't doing such interesting things, but, you know, even having the willingness to sit there or maybe the being forced to sit there 
Um, and just find the beauty in that has been, you know, been a, probably a gift to you, but definitely a gift to the rest of us now too. Definitely. And the other thing I realized, like the little thing is hugs. I miss hugging, <laughs> hugging my friends and my family. I haven't hugged anyone in so long. It's so weird. Um, so I hugged myself a couple of times and it just didn't feel the same. So I'm excited <laughs> whenever that is that I could hug another human. Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to cherish it more than any other hug I've ever cherished. It's going to feel uh, so good. It's so <laughs> like, well, that now, now needs to be a project. Uh, your first hug, uh, just getting that ready. But I, <laughs> so I'm an extrovert who my, one of my love languages is physical touch. And so I cannot imagine if I had to go through this alone, what that would be like. It's just like, Oh, it's so gut wrenching, but yeah, luckily my girlfriend moved in in January and then we got good timing, so good like timing. timing and it's, it, it's been pretty nice, but hopefully you'll get that hug sooner than later. Uh, thanks Justin. Yeah. Yeah. And if I have to, I'll come over and give you one. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, what's the, what's been the most challenging point of your career so far? Hmm. Most challenge. I've definitely had bumps in the road. I'm trying to think of the biggest bump in the road. Uh, It's probably been time management and sticking to, I mean, I'm just generally speaking, I'm not thinking about one specific instance. Mm. Um, yeah, just being able to, sometimes I, I say, I say yes to too many things, which I have been getting better at. Uh, mm. I can't do everything. And because of this, I'll like have two things scheduled without any buffer time and then I'll be late to the next thing and then it'll make me look bad and make me feel bad because I hate being late or disrespecting anyone's times. And I've done that in the past and um, that's something I have improved on and I, I always account for buffer time now. I don't know if that answers the question, but the most difficult, kinda. yeah, I want to, I want to like when you first started out, when you first graduated from school, were you getting work paid work right away? Yeah, so it was it was pretty good timing to be honest, uh, which I'm very grateful for. I kind of prepared myself for once I was right out of school. So while I was still in school, I was assisting these photographers, mm -hmm. and then what happened was I graduated, and then so I had all this free time that I wasn't going to school, and I was still working for these photographers. So with that time, I worked on personal projects, right. and. So I put a lot of time and energy into that and put them out, posted them on Instagram. And because of those projects, that's how I got my first shoot. And then from there, it was kind of a little bit of a snowball effect because I started working with this, the agency that hired me for the shoot and then they started repping me. It was like a, it was a social media agency actually. So I, hmm. I shot a lot of uh, social media campaigns and just shot for brands in general for their social media channels. It was totally new at the time. It was right when I got out of school at 2014 and it was with uh, the company it was called 24 seven laundry service, which then, and then I worked mostly with their sister company, which was called cycle. Okay. And they're still, well, they're like, still around. They're awesome. Yeah, and it's like that was the perfect time to come in and do that because all these brands were having the need for so much more content. You had traditional either agencies or photographers going like, well, that's a 10th of the budget and you want 10, 10 times as many shots um, and maybe having a resistance and you're coming in and you're just like, all right, cool. I'm going to work. This is great. <laughs> yep. It was, it was amazing timing to be honest. Yeah. Right place at uh, right time. Yeah. What, what are you struggling with right now? Right now uh, I'm definitely struggling with 
being alone. Uh, I'm still making the most of it and appreciating it for what it is. Cause like, I've never had this experience in my life. I'm always around people. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've always had roommates. I've never lived alone. And now I've been, Ooh, I think my headphones just died. Can you hear me still? Yeah, I can still hear you. Yeah. Okay. I have one headphone still working. So <laughs> yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, it's it's weird being alone. I, f- I feel like a combination of Tom Hanks and Castaway and the dude from like Ex Machina. It's just like, yeah. I, I haven't had this feeling before being alone for so long. It's been almost two months now, I think. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's I've been checking in with myself and I still FaceTime and call friends and everything. Uh, and when I go outside, I see people at the supermarket, but it's like bizarre. It's, I don't know. Everyone kind of keeps away from each other. So, but, but how I'm looking at it is I am appreciating it that this is, might be the only time in my life when I'll be alone for an extended period of time. And I'm just trying to enjoy that for what it is. But at the same time, uh, yeah, I miss people and it's, uh, it's taken a little bit of a toll on my mental health, but I, I'm I'm checking in with myself and being very aware of it and yeah, I'm okay, but it's definitely, it's, it's definitely strange. Do you feel like it's changed you or what do you think's changed? I'm sure it's probably changed all of us, but what, what do you think changed the most to having this much time to yourself? Uh, well, I mean, externally, just like my habits, I just now, I mean, to be honest, I'm just walking around my apartment naked a lot. It's like very, it's, it's extremely liberating. So uh, just really tough photographers in your neighborhood. They can get a great new series. Yeah, exactly. Naked. <laughs> if they wanted to, I don't think anyone can really see where I'm walking. I'm not walking like along the windows where okay, you can see okay. it. So it's like behind the, you know, not putting um, on a show. yeah, I'm not putting on a show. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's, I'll like literally cook breakfast completely naked and it's super liberating, honestly. So that's something, something new I've been doing that I can't do when I live with someone. Yeah. Uh, I also, I also saw this meme that, uh, people who have guys who have their bed against the wall means they're, they're just not mature or something along these lines. Where and else so, you put your bed? Yeah. So I realized there's a little bit more space in my room. So I, I moved my bed to the center of the room so you can get off on either side of the bed. And I just feel like oh, I elevated my against leg. like two walls. So like a, the, the head of the bed. And the exactly. Side of the so bed corner, if you have your bed, there's a meme. If you have your bed in the corner of a room, then you're, yeah. you're a certain type of guy. I don't know. And then oh, I re- yeah, so, it's almost like a, like a ten year old does. So they don't roll out of bed. There's less options. Exactly. Out of bed. Exactly. I've always had my bed against the wall. I've never had my bed in the yeah. center of the room, and I just did it. And I feel like my life's kind of changed. So that gave me a boost of self esteem. <laughs> and so that wow. combined with walking around naked, as well as yeah, I th- these are the these are the things that I've I've made the most of living alone. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is there anything? Uh, people get wrong about you or your work? Uh, people get wrong about me or my work. I'd, I'd say with my rooftop series, uh, there's been a couple of comments, you know, because it went anything that goes kind of viral, you're going to get a little bit of hate. So there's been some, some people from a specific group type of group of people, uh, just like 
calling me, calling me names and like saying it's a total invasion of privacy. You're a creep. You're, you're a peeping Tom and this and that. And yeah. so, yeah, I'd say, I'd say that's what I wouldn't consider myself a peeping Tom. Cause I'm not like trying to invade anyone. I'm not trying to yeah. like photograph into people's windows or get private moments, yeah. even though some people may consider like, you know, like juggling on the roof, a private moment. I, I wouldn't, I don't know. I, I like yeah. to photograph these things and I, so yeah. So some, yeah. because of that, some people, I mean, it's their opinion, so it's valid, but at the same time, at the same time, I want to disagree with it. Cause yeah, of course. <laughs> Makes sense. What's your biggest fear? Dying alone. <laughs> just like, just oh, like right, right now, if I, if I, I, it crossed my mind. If I, if I happen to, I mean, I don't think it'll happen, but I just like, I was like, what if all of a sudden something happens and I just, I'm, I'm alone in my apartment. Like when will, it's just a scary thought. If I, when I do die, cause it's going to happen eventually. Mm-hmm. And when it happens, uh, I want to be around loved ones. So I would not want to be alone. No, that, that would, it, and you hear a lot of people going through that right now and it's heartbreaking. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's hope you'll be all right. Um, Thanks. Are there any ways that you self-sabotage? Besides, I guess you kind of touched on that with overscheduling, but not saying no. Yeah, I'd say that's that's the main way to self-sabotage myself. Uh, I just I'm a I, I try to be a yes man. It's even like even like you know because I've went viral, uh, I've been getting so many messages and emails, and I want to respond to every single one and give a thoughtful response. And I realize I just simply can't, and I got to accept that. And like, so like any email I get, that's even though they're like nicely worded, and it's like there might be like a, it might be like a student from this other part of the world, like a photography kid, like asking me a couple, like all like a couple questions. Yeah. Um, normally, I would answer that, and I want to answer that, but I just realize it's just like not for my own mental health and my own time. Like I just can't. Any of those, I have to. I also like to keep at inbox zero because I'm just like yeah. that. I try to always be at inbox zero. So if it's something that's less important specifically in this time, I realize I just can't do it. Well, and also the energy it takes for that. But I saw uh, my friend Jessica Hish, she does a really good job of this where she just created an FAQ section on her site because she kept getting students hitting her up, hitting her up. Uh, and it was like, and so now she'll respond. She's like, thanks so much. And say, you know, like a, a sentence or two, thanking them and then just link to that. Um, oh, that's smart. That's you smart. Put it on your site, like what, what camera equipment are you using? Which I'm sure you get all the time. You know, like yeah, I'm sure you're getting a half a dozen or a dozen of the same questions. Yeah. You know, and just put an FAQ on your site and link to that, and just that's say, smart. Hey, I really appreciate it. You know. Yep. It's a, and it and it's hard because you don't want to do that, but like especially as people who like I'm generally a people pleaser too, but like it just it's not realistic, and you end up spending all your time responding to everybody, and just like yep. it's, not, it's not fair to do to yourself. Absolutely. Do you have any regrets in life in general? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I would say, I would say one of my biggest regrets is not being, mm, that's not a good answer. I'd say one of my biggest regrets is not taking Instagram more seriously at the beginning because I downloaded Instagram one of the first days it ever came out. Like I downloaded it like the first week it came out because it was my freshman year in college and my roommate Ian was 
really into tech in general. And he just like saw that Instagram got released. He's like, Oh, you should download this app. And I downloaded it. And then I posted a photo on it. And then it wasn't until a year later, I realized it's kind it's pretty cool. So then I started posting more photos on it. And because I was a photography student, I started doing iPhone photography because I thought it was really interesting to do. But being at SVA and the certain teacher that I had, uh, I, I, it, the class that I had wasn't as open-minded as I would have wanted it to be. The critique class, you know, a lot of people were shooting film. Mostly everyone was shooting film, a couple of digital. And I was shooting phone. I was the one person doing iPhone photography in like 2011. Oh, wow. I was taking it pretty seriously. And I just got so much pushback from that class that uh, I stopped doing it. And I stopped like investing time into Instagram for a little bit. And then it, w- it wasn't until like end of junior year that I started getting into it again and taking it a little bit more seriously. Cause I, I saw yeah. there was, there was potential there. It was, uh, so if I would have been pushed more or if I would have just like listened to myself more at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, right in those beginning stages of Instagram when it was really taking off and growing, uh, I think there would have been more opportunities to me, but yeah, I'd say that's a regret as well as I have other regrets like that. But overall, I don't really have any regrets in life. Just, yeah, it is what it is, whatever happens. And yeah, it's never too late to get where you're going as, as it said on that SVA billboard. So, uh, just, you know, if you want to start something, start it today. Yeah, exactly. Uh, is there anyone who makes you jealous? Yeah, I'm not I'm not really a jealous person, but I noticed I have gotten jealous a couple of times in the past couple of years. Uh one was with uh I'm like best friends with my ex-girlfriend and we went to a uh I'm really good friends with my ex-girlfriend yeah. and we went to a wedding together in Mexico like last year and uh, she was like flirting with another guy and I got jealous and I never get jealous. So I was kind of, but I talked to her about it and then it was cool between us. I was like, Hey, I just, I was open about it and talk, just talking about it made me feel better. The other thing I got jealous about was right before this whole video happened, I got, I saw this TikTok and it was such a good idea that I got jealous. I didn't think of it. Yeah. It was these guys. On t- well, those are good moments. Yeah. 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 But it inspired me to do this. So that's how I took it. If I, if I get these feelings of jealousy, I just, I try to, I just naturally like take it and I turn it into motivation to make something or do something about it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So the TikTok I saw was these guys in college somewhere in the middle of the country. There's this TikTok trending song of, uh, Doug Dimidome, which is a character in Fairly Odd Parents. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Doug Dimidome, owner owner of the Dibsdale Dimidome, and he's this character that has he's this really short dude, but has the tallest hat ever. The hat literally goes out of frame. It's mm. like a top hat that is just so tall, and it's a cartoon. And yeah. these kids constructed this hat through uh, just they they built it, engineered it with, uh, they just took a bike helmet and then put a brim around it with paper. And they put like three wooden sticks, Mm. like, I don't know, 30 feet tall or something. And they just like wrapped a paper sheet around it. So it looked like a a hat and they put that trending song on top of it and just walked around town, walked around campus with this hat. And it was just incredible. And I was, I I just watched it and I was like, damn, I should have thought of that. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to have to, we're going to have to put a link 
to that in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, that sounds ridiculous. Well, I think that's nice. Uh, Ivan Cash, who was a guest in season one, said that uh, someone had told him that when you're jealous of something or envious of something, it's just a sign of something you want more of in your life. Um, and I think your approach to like, yeah, it just means like inspires me to make something else to, you know, to, to, to uh, kind of scratch that itch is uh, I like that approach. Yeah. I like that. Also, I was in his most recent film. Oh, you're in Ivan's? Uh, yeah. With uh, social distancing. Yep. He, he asked for a clip of a drone clip of mine. So I just have a, a clip of myself uh, flying my drone away. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. The, the film came out really good with uh, <laughs> yeah. Jacob Jonas. Yeah, was, yep. Yeah, yep. I'm friends with Jacob. Oh, he's such a good dude. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to link to his stuff in the show notes too, because uh, his dance company does brilliant, beautiful work. I'm, I, I told every time I see Jacob, I tell him that uh, I'm pissed when I see they post something cool that I don't live in LA or they're not in New York. Um, it's just the work they do is beautiful. Yeah. It's really awesome. What do you want to do that you haven't done yet? I really want to go bungee jumping. It's on my, what, on my list. 1994. <laughs> maybe uh yeah I, i've been skydiving and i love it i want to go skydiving again but i haven't been bungee jumping that's on my list uh also i want to i think i want to i've traveled a lot but i'd really like to travel with a partner in crime mm. uh i've never like i've dated people here and there um but i've never met anyone that i felt like i could really like travel the world with so yeah Traveling is one of my passions being able to intertwine that with photography as well. I just love going to new places, meeting new people, seeing new things. And a lot of times I do it by myself or I do it with some, like a, someone here, someone there, but I have yeah. no like go-to person. Yeah. And if I could have that person, you know, be my just partner as well as my travel partner. Uh, I think that would be really special that I want to do someday. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I just showed my girlfriend, Ashley, the Bill Murray uh, clip last night. I don't know if you've seen this, but Bill Murray, someone stopped Bill Murray at their friend's bachelor party. He was like at the restaurant or something, and they asked him if he had any advice. And he said, before getting married, uh, take that person you love and travel around the world and travel the easy places and travel the hard places. And when you get back to JFK, uh, if you still love that person, uh, you should marry them in JFK, like immediately, uh, which is great advice. Like you have to go through something together and see how you both handle it. And 1000%. It's a great litmus test. 1000%. Was your friend in, uh, were they in Richmond, Virginia by any chance or Charleston? I met. Oh no, I, it wasn't my friend who saw him, but like, oh. it was a video online of like, uh, okay. his bachelor party. And I'm like, you know, you hear all these stories of Bill Murray. You're like, what was the, there was a story of like I think you took a bite out of someone's ice cream cone. Oh my god! In the air, no one will ever believe this. Just uh, <laughs> like so good. That's incredible. What a genius! Uh, yeah, I love Bill Murray. Uh, what's been your proudest moment? New York Mag cover recently getting the cover of New York Mag with my image. I once it happened, I. Did not expect this because I'm not much of a crier, but I, <laughs> as I was, it happened and I was posting it on my Instagram. I had the cover, a uh, photo of the cover, and I was writing out the caption of how I felt and how grateful I was feeling. And as soon as I clicked post, I started getting texts from, you know, my closest friends and started getting comments. And then all of a sudden the emotions just hit me and I 
completely broke down in tears all alone in my apartment sitting in the corner of my kitchen just crying for like 20 minutes straight and it was surreal because i just did not expect this and it was because i've been working my ass off at this photography thing like going full speed and i love to do it but i still just work harder than the next person the person next to me and when I first started, this was one of my goals is to get a cover of a magazine. And then it just happened. And then I got all this affirmation from my peers and it just made, it was a moment where I just felt so grateful and also so proud of myself. It's hard to, I, I, I speak for, I'm speaking for myself, but I think I'm also, a lot of people can relate to this. It's, it's hard to give yourself credit. You don't want a lot of people. I think it's, it's hard to give yourself a little pat on your back or like tell, tell yourself that you did it and, you accomplish this goal. And I don't really do that, but this moment, this happened and I did that. And I just like, I was just like looking at myself. I was just really proud of myself to be honest and achieving this goal that I've thought of for so long. And all of a sudden it happened after all this hard work, just so many emotions kicked in and I was bawling. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> That's such a great feeling. And it's, there's not many moments in your career where in the moment you realize this is a, a, a kind of a milestone in your path and a level up moment. And so when it's that clear and you can go and appreciate it and you had probably the gift of solitude of being able to really feel it fully um, is probably uh, it's, it's pretty amazing when you can go and you just really appreciate those moments and have it to yourself. Absolutely. Um, that's it, it, when you were going into the quarantine, when you're like, okay, I'm not going to be able to leave my house. I got to get, you know, order, get groceries, all of this stuff. Things are about to get real weird. Uh, was your mindset going into it? Um, how were you feeling going into it? Were you optimistic or were you like, Hey, maybe I just got to do this a couple of weeks or are you like, Oh shit, I'm an extrovert. What the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> like, how are you feeling heading into it? Just taking it day by day, honestly. Yeah. Uh, that's that's all that's all that I do. I don't really think in the future like that too much because yeah. I just I don't like to worry about things that are out of my control. So yeah. I like to focus on what I can control and make the most of it. And you know, tell my friends I love them, yeah. and yeah, just en enjoy each day as much as I can and find a way to find a reason to smile. Would you Would you have ever expected? Probably one of the biggest things for your career would be being stuck at home for two months no absolutely not <laughs> absolutely not but here we are so yeah um, and in in retrospect uh it makes sense that it happened during this time in the sense that i do have this mindset that no matter what i just see the silver lining and this everything that's happened is correlated to that idea is because i mean you know I'm, ma I'm making the most of it and yeah uh and that's what really resonated with a lot of people yeah we need we need more people like that right now yeah shout out to my mom for giving me this uh this mindset and attitude in life uh she's a stage four cancer survivor so oh, wow. ever since uh yeah she she pretty much gave up and then something turned around and she decided to fight through it and because of that, we 
we live every day to the fullest, like it's our last. So, uh, yeah, I'm blessed that she survived and she's a huge part of my life. We're like, she's the reason I am the person I am right now. Uh, she's the artist in the family, just like I am and is a people person and just taught me so much about life. And yeah, if I didn't, this was when I was eight years, seven, eight years old. So Mm. if things panned out a different way, I have no idea what type of person I'd be right now, but it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy that some of those hardest moments are the ones that forge us so deeply and you're just, you know, having that gratitude for that strength that those experiences provide for us. So it's, yeah, pretty beautiful. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad she taught you that. Um, yeah. What is success to you? Success to me is. Yeah, this is this is a loaded question. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. You know, it's success is being able to enjoy life. Yeah, that works. Being able to enjoy life and feel loved. Yeah, what more do you need than that? Maybe a couple of brewskis and a open <laughs> fire and a nice sunset. That'd be nice too. Yeah, we'll we'll throw those in. Uh, yeah, charge. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would Jeremy of ten years ago think of Jeremy today? Wow, you're hitting me with the, these crazy questions, Justin. I love it. Uh, <laughs> 10 years ago, Jeremy. So 10 years ago, Jeremy, I'm about to, I'm just graduating high school. Damn. What was I like? I wish I had a journal. I was a totally different person, but the same person at the same time, I still hold the same values and everything, but, uh, I've definitely matured so much and have learned so much more about life and how things work in general. What would have I told myself what, what, so is the question, what would I tell myself, no, my 18-year-old self now, or what, what would, would my 18-year-old self tell me? What would your 18-year-old self think of where you are now? Oh, he wouldn't believe it. I had no confidence going into college that, that summer. I thought, I honestly, I thought I was going to be a failure, uh, to be honest, at that point. I, uh, hmm. my All my friends were going to like, you know, pretty prestigious schools. My sister younger sister went to an Ivy league school. Uh, and I was kind of, I got the worst grades out of all my friends. Not that I got terrible grades, but I was like a B student and got terrible SAT score and ADD, you know, I've attention. I got made fun of for my attention issues. And I was kind of just like, I love doing so many different things, but I was kind of just like average at a bunch of stuff. I didn't really excel in anything. I played sports, I was on the soccer team. I did track and field, but I wasn't, I dreamed of being like a really good athlete and, uh, I, I enjoy it all so much, but I was never like one of the better ones. Mm -hmm. And I think because of all these things, I, I didn't have a lot of confidence. Uh, so I was just kind of going to school and I didn't know what to expect, but I was excited and nervous. Uh, but I, I like had this idea in my mind that I would be like a starving artist. Hmm. So yeah, I think my 18 year old self would, wouldn't think that I, he wouldn't accept where I'm at now. Yeah. 
to be able to like be a photographer full time. Cause I don't think I would have, I, yeah, at that time I didn't think that was possible because right. I didn't have anyone around me that I knew that was a photographer and I didn't have anyone around me that was a full-time artist or doing art in general besides like my mom kind of, but, uh, yeah. all my friends were into sports or finance or other stuff. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I guess my follow-up question is what would Jeremy from three months ago think of where you're at right now? Oh, uh, to be honest, I always, I don't know. How do I answer this question? It's not like a huge, it's definitely a surreal and a surprise, Yeah. but I don't know. I felt like one of these days, like I'd have something that went a little bit more viral. I wouldn't expect it like this or I didn't really know what to expect. I just like, I feel like I, I always felt like I'd have a moment where like something special would happen, whether it was like virality or just some like crazy life moment would happen. I'm just like very, I'm a very open-minded person. So like, uh, I just think things in life can just happen if you put yourself out there and, and, uh, yeah. So I, I wouldn't expect this, but I would, I didn't think I, it's possible. It's possible yeah. something like this would happen. And it would happen and it happened. It's not as surprising as, uh, what 18 year old, Jonathan. It's not as, it's still surprising. It's still surprising, but it's not like totally like 18 year old me would have never expected like any of this. Yeah. I, I didn't even know what to expect at all, let alone this. So three months ago, expecting this, it's like still definitely surprising, but it's not like totally out of the. Even, even having a cover, you were like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I, yeah, that. That was, it's still extremely surprising, but I mean, I would give myself like three months ago to now I would give myself like a 0.5% chance, you know? So it's like somewhat possible, but like, like I know I'm personally capable of shooting a cover. It's just like, how would that even happen? Like, yeah. uh, It's just, just putting stuff out there that you interest you and yeah i mean i i just don't even know like how, how do you shoot a cover do you have to know someone who hires the photographer to shoot the cover like why would someone hire me to shoot a cover like i knew if someone asked me to shoot a cover like i could do it but how does that how does that even happen you know so mm-hmm. and it and it happened yeah that's that's amazing uh my last question how are you feeling right now uh and <laughs> i feel equally stressed and blessed Oh, okay. Why, why stressed and blessed? Uh, because I have, you know, this is a, this is a time in my life where specifically this last month where I went viral and a lot of opportunities are coming away and there's a lot of, there's a lot of people asking things of me, which I'm blessed for, you know, I have, I have people wanting to interview me and, uh, people, I mean, people are reaching out for tons of different reasons, whether it's like for interviews or for photos for their art or like this or that, or I've, I had, I'm trying to balance life in general. So like Mm -hmm. between like holding up this, I want to make the most out of this virality. I want to tell my story as much as I can. And like, I'm super honored when people want to tell my story and I want to say yes to everything, but I've had to say no to some things. And I've had to not respond to some things because it would just take too much time. And then I even like forgot one of my best friend's birthdays because all this was happening and she got really upset with me and that stressed me out. And then yeah. um, something else happened with another friend because all this was happening and 
and she got, she got upset with me. I, I messed up a little bit, you know? So I have like, I'm trying to like balance my personal life and my work life right now. And like trying to, while this was going on, I was trying to respond on text messages, on emails, on DMS. And I have multiple Instagrams. So like on the comments on my Instagrams, on the DMS, on my, you know, the DMS on my Twitter, respond on Twitter, respond on Twitter, TikTok, the texting, oh FaceTime back, respond to all the emails, still shoot, shoot these videos and, uh, coordinate with Tori when our next date and, text yeah. with Tori and flirt with her. And, um, <laughs> a lot. and at the same time, I'm all alone. I would, I would go, I would forget to, I wouldn't have enough time in the day to shower or exercise or even eat. I would have days where I, I, for, I literally forgot to eat multiple days because I was stick. I was going back to back through email phone call. Uh, so because yeah. of this, it's very stressful and I, I would, yeah. So I was going to sleep at, uh, 3 a.m. every day and waking up at 8 a.m. and doing it all over again. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, it's very grateful for all this. This isn't a complaint at all. Yeah. It's, it's incredible, but it's very stressful yeah. and I'm trying to stay on top of it. I like to be on inbox zero as much as I can. And yeah, I should get an assistant, but I have trust issues. <laughs> so, uh, like who's going to look through my email and I can trust what they're going to say on email. I don't know. Maybe I'll find yeah, someone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but also, but, and then I'm, I'm feeling blessed because of the same reason I have so many people wanting to share my work right now and share my story and interested in, in, uh, what I have to say. And that's a blessing. So yeah, absolutely. it's, it's like an equal mixture of both and I'm just taking it for what it is and, uh, tr- trying to check in with myself as much as I can and stay on top of my mental health and then once this starts to slow down a little bit, I'm definitely going to take a lot more time where I could sit down and meditate in the sense of actual meditating or just relaxing, watching a TV show without having to check my phone or email during it or, <laughs> or yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I, I can't imagine, but I feel like that inbox zero puts even more pressure on you. Uh, you might have to let that go for a little while or at least, yeah. uh, give yourself a break, but Jeremy really appreciate this. Appreciate the work you're putting out. It's made me happy. I know it's made, you know, thousands and probably millions of people happy and, uh, just, you know, uh, excited for you. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Justin, and sharing my story. And I appreciate the really good questions. Honestly, those were, those made me think and made me realize, learn a little bit about myself answering those questions, honestly. So appreciate you. Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. A huge thanks to Jeremy for joining us on this season finale of Overshare. Uh, loved your story. Can't wait to see what you keep making. And I, uh, I, I hope you get that hug very soon. And uh, I'll, I'll even come over and give you a hug, man. Uh, you deserve it. And just really appreciate all of the love and positive energy that you're putting out there uh, to the world right now. Also, just a reminder, if you're listening this far, I know you like this. So please, please subscribe, rate, and review Overshare. It's our way of bumping up in the rankings and helping other people discover the podcast. Also, if you know someone that would benefit from hearing Jeremy's story, please share this episode with them. Or you can go to our Instagram at Overshare Talks and find sound bites and collages of Jeremy's work. Um, that is also super fun to share on your social media channels. A big thanks to our audio engineer and editor, Jesse Peterson, for making this happen every week and to the team at Second Child in New York City. Cannot wait to get back in your studio someday soon. 
massive thanks to Moira Spahich, our producer, who's been scheduling all these interviews, making sure people are set up and the audio is working with all this remote recording. And it's been a huge weight off my shoulders. So thank you so much, Moira. I really appreciate it. Uh, also, big thanks to Eugene Ong and Gabby D'Amato for the Overshare branding. And then Eugene, we've been getting so many compliments on social media about Eugene's collages on our Instagram. Uh, dude has been putting a ton of work into them and just cannot appreciate it more. So Eugene, thank you. You've been uh, been a champ just printing out, cutting out, and making things happen. So it looks great and really appreciate it. And you can find all of that on our Instagram at Overshare Talks. And uh, please share those around. And our theme song is Let It Grow by Caleb Grow. If you are a creative or you hire creatives, join us at workingnotworking.com. There are still people posting jobs right now. So if you're looking, join us. There's amazing opportunities out there. And companies like Apple, Google, Nike, Spotify, Airbnb, Squarespace, Wyden & Kennedy, Droga5, all use Working Out Working to hire freelance and full-time roles. So if you are an incredible creative or you're someone who hires incredible creatives, join us at workingnotworking.com. And that is it for season three. Kind of. We are going to be recording a bonus episode tomorrow. So there'll be a bonus episode out maybe in a week or two. So uh, don't worry. There's more to come. We're doing a recruiter roundtable uh, with recruiters from Wyden and uh, Squarespace and to really get their insights of what's going on right now and what's coming next. So you'll want to tune in for that as well. Don't touch your face. Take a minute to reach out to someone now and check in on them. Make sure they're doing okay. Uh, we're going to get through this. And I appreciate you so much for listening to this. It means the world to me. And uh, ugh, get emotional. But you know that because you've listened to this show. So uh, whatever. All of this means a lot to me and I really appreciate it. So uh, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you soon.